0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: At RxSafe, we believe in improving patient health by challenging conventional wisdom, upending the status quo, and transforming the retail pharmacy industry. Our innovative technology solutions are designed to accelerate your pharmacy's success and change the way you do business. We develop long-term partnerships with pharmacies and other industry innovators to help attract new customers, create additional revenue streams, and transform the traditional pharmacy model. Become the adherence packaging leader in your community and practice at the top of your pharmacy license. Get started today. Visit rxsafe.com. That's rxsafe.com to learn more.
2: Hey there, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's coverage of the RxSafe webinar that we're doing today. This is also a podcast, so if you're listening to us and you don't have visual, don't worry about it. This is gonna be all um, podcasted for you in your normal feeds. However, if you wanna see our faces, you could always go to our YouTube as well as RxSafe's uh, blog section. Um, rxsafe.com. I'm excited because when we get to have uh, people come together to talk about um, the business of pharmacy, the business of community pharmacy, the expansion of community pharmacy, it's important to me. It's the survival of our community pharmacies and the thriving of our providers is so important to communities throughout the country. And there are stakeholders and people in place um, that care about the survival and the thriving of community pharmacy i'd like to interview introduce from value drug margie Leiden. margie i'm so thrilled that you're here
3: thanks todd it's great to be with you guys today
2: i also want to introduce from village pharmacy uh, north carolina uh angela stokes
0: hey good afternoon everybody
2: welcome angela and in the studio, you see um, Eric uh, Cushy from uh, C- Curtis Pharmacy right here in Fayette County. Um, I'm so excited that you're here in the studio with us. And um, welcome, Eric, to the Pharmacy Podcast headquarters.
1: Glad to be here. Thanks for helping me. Have me. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So um, I'm going to start off with uh, Angela. Um, just set the tone, set the stage for our listeners who may not have visual and uh, want to understand our panelists today. Um, tell us a little bit about um, Village Pharmacy and your role and how long you've been serving your community.
0: Well, I've been here at Village Pharmacy for um, almost three years, right? No, two years, excuse me, two years. Um, I am. My title is Pharmacy Services Coordinator, but I do a lot of things for the pharmacy. I do everything from marketing to setting up our sync program to setting up our pack my meds program, which is our compliance packaging. And I also um, work on equip outliers outcomes. Um, you know, most pharmacists are familiar with the with the requirements of get outcomes, but my goal is. Building the business from a complete adherence packaging um, outlook. I want as many patients as I can get on compliance packaging because it's your only way, it's your only true way to fight DIR fees and get and not lose money that would otherwise walk away from you. Um, before I came here, I did own my own pharmacy in Battleboro, North Carolina, which is right outside Rocky Mount, and I did everything that I do here, I did there, except for my husband and I were the owners, and I did that for 17, 18 years before I closed, and now oh, I don't have that that stress load on me of being an owner, um, but I've just rolled over all of that knowledge of how what to do and what not to do into this business.
2: Angela, how close are you to Burlington or Greensboro, uh, North Carolina?
0: Always. So we're, you know, two to three hours yeah. from each, from Greensboro.
2: I want to do a tour down there and um, uh, I want to meet up with the association and I just want to do a tour of North. North Carolina is so rich in community pharmacy. Um, so I want to come down and eventually uh, meet up with you. So I'll put that on my bucket list.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I have a passion for community pharmacy. Um, I've pretty much been a community pharmacist most of my professional career. And so I'm very, very passionate about keeping it alive because we've got to fight. We've got to fight to stay alive. And that's what really compliance packaging will make you competitive and give you something that you can offer and avoid these extra fees.
2: Eric, Cushy, I'm so thrilled to have you here. I'm very proud that you're here. You got to see the studio. We're going to be doing some things locally with Curtis Pharmacy and planning it out. But tell your story. Give our listeners an update um, about your four pharmacies as well as how you got into the business.
1: Yeah, yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. Beautiful Absolutely. studio. Beautiful little town. Uh feel like we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my f- wife and I bought Curtis pharmacy in Claysville in 2006. We were the, um, we're the fourth generation owners. It's been in that town for over a hundred years. Uh, we opened Washington from scratch in 07. I was the dummy who bought a pharmacy in the middle of COVID in 2020. And we <laughs> acquired Connellsville. And, uh, just this year we purchased, uh, the medicine mine in Carmichael's added our fourth location. Um, we love community pharmacy. We love small towns. We feel like there's a void in those areas. Uh, people needing services that we provide. Uh, I just had this, this discussion yesterday with a state center we met with that, you know, if pharmacies like ours go away, who takes care of people, who delivers, who packages, yep. who makes sure that on those monthly sync calls that, you know, Mrs. Smith is still there. Sometimes, you know, we may be the only call they get a month. Exactly. So, um, you know, We're very passionate about the communities we serve. And um, we just felt for our book of business that the rapid pack and compliance packaging was the next step. Um, And it's grown like gangbusters for us, quite frankly, and just not echoing or stealing Angela's thunder, but uh, you know, we've done the DIR math and that is the cleanest way to avoid as much of that as possible while still providing a, I think, a valuable service for the community. Yep.
2: Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, A champion of community pharmacy since their inception, since the very beginning, has been Value Drug, and I learned more about Value Drug through your customer base than I have ever done through the executive team that's there, even though that they're a passionate group. Uh, Sean Naren, a shout out to Sean. Um, He's just an amazing character, and he uh, taught me about Value Drug. So Margie, I'm very proud to have you here.
3: Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, represent Value Drug. We are a full line regional wholesaler with our headquarters in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been with the company for about five years. I'm a pharmacist and have practiced in pretty much every demographic uh, setting there is in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I've opened pharmacies for other people. Um, my role with value drug, I like to consider myself a, a business coach and a problem solver. So for the owners who maybe don't have the resources to do all the du- due diligence on issues they need to have addressed, whether it's regulatory, operational, uh, or anything else, I like to do that, um, legwork and bring them some oper- opportunities and offerings and Rx Safe being one of the, um, vendors i've been pleased to work with for their technology solutions.
2: Thank you. Thank you Margie. All right, so we're going to jump into this. Today we are talking about if offering compliance packaging is right for your pharmacy. I like the title of this presentation because the team at RX Safe are extremely consultative where they want to take the right steps to really understand the business that you're in, the business that you want to build. And if their systems are right to implement in in your uh, pharmacies, especially if you have multi settings, if you are servicing um, assisted living or uh, skilled nursing or some component that gets to home care services, my goodness, um, we're going to talk a little bit about home care services and our panelists are all experienced in what we're talking about. I've We've soaked in this. We've all soaked in this for probably, I think each of us probably have more than 20 years in the business of pharmacy. And there's something to that. There's something where we want to provide guidance for the future of this business, but we need to empower ourselves. It's like put your mask on. If if you lose air pressure in, a, in an airplane, make sure you put your mask on first before helping other people. And there's something to that. And that's why we trust um, organizations like Safe and in Value Drug. So I'm going to kick this off. My first question is going to go out to um, Eric um, through uh, your efforts in growing uh, Curtis Pharmacy. And that is, let's talk about assessing the market. Let's talk about assessing the need for adherence packaging. How do you gauge that Eric, how do you come up with the need for adherence packaging in your area before you acquired the technology?
1: So we, um, we used to do very manual system, uh, of, of multi-packaging dispel. Um, we grew that to probably 200 patients between the two stores and it was incredibly time consuming both for the technician and for the pharmacist to check it. Um, we felt if we were gonna grow that book of business, that was about the time I feel like Amazon bought PillPack and everyone freaked out because Amazon yeah. was gonna take all your businesses. But you know, for us, that just was another situation where a large corporation was gonna take a concept and really screw it up and provide us an opportunity to step in and say, hey, we can do this, we can do this better. Um, so before the world shut down, I was at NCPA multi-location Talked to Bill and his staff, and uh, they they had this amazing machine um, that we agreed to buy. COVID shut cut kind of everything down. We brought it in. The state made us close our doors, so we brought it in when the state closed our doors and um, figured it out. Got all of our dispill patients moved over, and then realized uh, the timing was pretty incredible for being honest, because at that point, people were pulling loved ones out of nursing homes, you know, needing some type of solution to help people manage their medications. And it just blew up for us. So you think of the impact
2: that has on your operations first, as well as um, waste and other things that come from that. But were your patients at the facilities asking for it? Um, Were were there any competitive um, issues that the implementation of this new service, this compliance packaging, that it
1: strengthens your business. Uh, tell us about that. Um, I mean, for us, facilities aren't a big hit for us unless they're more personal care, long-term people and medications. Uh, you know, we do do some personal care group homes in the compliance packaging. I mean, to be honest, and Bill won't like this, but a lot of people like blister cards still. Eh. Um, it's just habit. Right? It is, it is. But our thrust has been the medical at home component with Jerry Med. Um, Margie and Value have helped us with that as well. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to figure out how to age in their homes. And we think we provide an important service for that. So I'm thinking of
2: community pharmacists and a little bit different in every region. There's strengths that many pharmacists have that come out of school, maybe they're passionate about diabetes or hypertension or some disease state. When I think of that, I think of the power of adherence packaging to keep people adherent. Um, I wanted to ask Angela, I want to ask, you know, before you were introduced to adherence, how did you address adherence packaging needs for for patients that were that were needing their meds ongoing, uh, the maintenance meds that they're taking?
0: You know, traditionally Pharmacy has always been an emergency situation. The patients came, they were out of medicine, you had to fill it. And we waited for everything to come to us. It was very hard to regulate your volume that you kept in the store. It was hard to anticipate. Well, I first did sync. I synchronized everybody's medications to start with. So I really started with that first to try and figure out How can I manage my inventory? How can I, you know, spend less on that? How can I make patients compliant? What can I do as a service for patients? Um, When I started this, it was, gosh, I mean, we're talking about almost 20 years ago when I started trying to figure out a way to help people and figure out a way to do this. So, The natural progression was to synchronize them for less gas money, less trips to the pharmacy, but also to help me, I do them a week in advance. So I'm also anticipating a need. I didn't want to open on the weekends because I could save so much overhead, not open on the weekends. So I could fill their medicines a week ahead of time and always have their medicine ready and call them and let them know. So there's so many advantages um, to why, I wanted to start compliance packaging and also the fact that people just don't take their medication properly. It is amazing. Even the people that you think are the most compliant, they're just not taking their medicine. Nobody sits down with anybody and says, what time of day are you taking it? Um, Well, I just take it whenever my blood pressure's up. How do you know your blood pressure's up? Do you have a blood pressure cuff? No, I just feel it. It just doesn't work that way. And the beauty of compliance packaging and synchronization is you are providing a service. And in response, you're getting several services back. So even when I talk to people, when I talk to the public, the first thing they want to know is what's in it for you. And there's a lot in it for us. So it's a win-win situation. And that usually really makes people want the compliance packaging and the synchronization. Does that does that answer your question? Well,
2: yes, thank you. Um, you know, I think of what you've been through over the years in business of pharmacy Angela and you see things change. Um, mm-hmm. Eric, you've now acquired your fourth story of four stores running many things that you've um understood. Margie, it's it's you on today's call that have witnessed all of the pharmacies that you've ever been involved with and i don't know how many clients and customers you've had over the years but i'm sure it's hundreds if not thousands yes so let's talk about the business of pharmacy for just a second because i have other questions that are going to kind of stem from the business of pharmacy tell us from your u- viewpoint what's the biggest challenge that community pharmacies facing today
3: uh what i'm hearing from most of the owners is is the dir uh fees that are and and Becoming um, unable to dispense brand name products without losing their shirt, quite honestly. Um, seeing some staffing issues, but the DIR problems seem to be the most significant impact right now.
2: So that's kind of a, a point for you, Eric. So from your perspective, is that the number one issue that you're facing as a pharmacy owner and a pharmacy business uh, that you're trying to grow for, for communities?
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to talk about the twenty twenty four DIR hangover. Yeah. I, I did the math, I know our number. So if we do nothing else, when we open our doors January first, we're a hundred grand in the hole. Um, so every patient, every move we can make to get them into this medical at home model of ours just chips away at that. Please. So
2: Yeah. Lisa Fast says uh the DIR fee apocalypse is what she's she- And it's affecting everyone. It's going to affect communities. There are community pharmacies out there right now who aren't prepared that may have to go find a buyer or unfortunately, you know, have to close. And that's scary because it's going to affect a lot of people in the nation that don't have proper healthcare services. Sometimes the community pharmacy just like some of your locations. And I know just like Angela over the years in North Carolina, where there's rural areas of miles of miles of really fields and nothing. um, Sometimes that's the only healthcare service they have.
1: Well, that's part of it. But, you know, the thing about community pharmacy is think about how many other people have a business off of our backs, so to speak. You know, what you do, what RxSafe does, what Value Drug does. If we all go away it's going to be real interesting. First quarter of 2024. Very much so. Yeah.
2: Very much so. I think that's why we're, we're definitely all in this together. Yes. So I think of lack of staffing, higher DRR fees, patient noncompliance. When I think of meeting patients where they are and what they need when they're chronic, when they have something that's happening over and over again, the very first thing I think of is let's get them synced up. Let's get them on compliance packaging angela, tell our tell our listeners how has offering adherence packaging impacted your patients and the patient relationships that you have with with um with being part of the community?
0: When you start having difficult conversations with people, um, first of all, you've got to earn their trust. and I think that most independent pharmacies, do earn the trust of their patients. But when you start having some of those difficult conversations, not only do you have a great relationship, but all of a sudden you have Raven fans. Because besides all the benefits that I see to compliance packaging, what happens to people is they start feeling better once they're on a regimen and they start telling each other and sometimes the best word of mouth is getting a couple of people on adherence packaging and it goes like wildfire because they feel better but the one thing that I use to promote um, compliance packaging is saving gas money not having multiple trips to the pharmacy not coming in and we say well I've got 30 can I give you the other 60 in the next 48 hours, never having to owe anybody, having the refills ahead of time and have their medications filled, all the complaints that people have of going to the pharmacy, you can fix with with compliance packaging, with the packaging and having it ready on time. Um, pretty much anytime somebody comes in and complains about something, well, my doctor didn't send my refill. Well, if you had, if we had you on this compliance packaging it already been ready. You well, you wouldn't have had to worry about waiting for your doctor to call in a refill. Or uh, so it, you can always provide an answer with a solution with if I want to tell you about a compliance package because it's going to fix your problems. It's going to fix your transportation problems. It's going to fix, um, there's just, it's so easy to sell it, I guess. Um, I think that you've really got to have your staff trained to answer a, a a complaint with i have a solution for that and it is compliance packaging because it really sells itself.
1: Eric, what
2: about your patients? What are they what have when they finally get on it, what's what's the response? What's the what's their feedback?
1: Um they love it. And from a loyalty standpoint, you know, once you get a patient into compliance packaging, they're really not going to transfer out to go back into bottles or or something along those lines. Um, it's been a nice fit for us. And the one thing I'll add to what Angela said, um, it's a huge assist in inventory management, Mm. huge, because you just don't need to keep all that inventory on hand because it's, it's really just in time inventory. When
2: I think of inventory, I immediately want to think of uh, Margie and value drug and how you help your uh, clients manage that and manage the demands and the peaks and the valleys of inventory management, which is crazy. So, from your perspective, as a you know a, a partner of community pharmacy, talk to us about um, feedback um, on on compliance packaging from your from your clients.
3: We're hearing um, tremendous uh, savings um, in in what they're keeping in inventory overall, inventory reduction. Um, expensive medicines are ordered, as Eric said, just in time. Um, if they're coming in tomorrow for it, you'll order it today, maybe one more day to give yourself a buffer um, and, and just seeing the financials improve for people. They feel like they've got better control over the, the pharmacy. Um, they're comfortable that uh, they can access the products as they need it um, and i think for a lot of pharmacists it's been quite a, a fiscal education uh, you know we're not really taught a lot on economics and understanding what it costs to carry inventory is is a bit foreign um, but um, as small business owners my husband and i also feel some of those pressures it's not a pharmacy but we understand some of that and uh, i like being able to bring those ideas to our uh, member pharmacists also and have value drugs support them in that
2: Thank you. I want to turn back to Angela, because I was thinking of of as you were talking and kind of telling us about the experience that your patients were having, you know, offering um, RxSafe systems specifically, the adherence packaging, there's an impact not only in the way that your patients look at you as a provider of healthcare services in a pharmacy, and like Eric said, uh, creating patients for life, you know, customers for life but also the business and the competitive advantage. Um, Angela, talk to us about the competitive advantage, uh, the, the benefit of, of the RX safe systems and, and how that's in some ways insulated you from, you're not always going to be insulated from 100% of the competition all the time, but once your clients and your patients get used to it, there's, there's an armor in some ways around your community pharmacy. Talk to us about that too.
0: Um, I want to address one thing. So I've used a dispel. also. I've used dispill, I've used Basset on time. Now I'm with Rx Safe. So over the years, I've tried other products. Um, I will I will say RX Safe from a from your time that you're paying your employee to process these packs. Your turnover time is so much faster with a mechanical system than dropping it in by hand. It, it is it's amazing. It also is going to take a picture of each square. Well, when you're providing that service to patients, number one, you can do it faster. Number two, yeah, you know, Amazon tried it. Um, CVS tried it. A lot of people tried to mimic compliance packaging, but with a pharmacist involved, a technician processing, that your error rate goes down, you've got RxSafe taking pictures of every square, you can go back and look, catch errors. Nobody seems to be able to touch the accuracy of making packs like an independent pharmacy can because you're actually talking to them. If the patient has a change within two or three days of making the pack, they can call you. You can change it. Nobody's been able so far to mimic what the independent pharmacies are doing with these packs and the accuracy. That relationship's important. And and you know your patients. You know which ones you need to talk to a family member versus talking to them because they don't know what they're talking about. Or you know to talk to their daughter-in-law who's managing their medicine, you know who can't get out. A relationship is so important. And that's where a lot of the, also the accuracy besides your equipment, your accuracy accuracy is going to come from knowing your patients also.
2: Eric, you are a numbers guy, just in um, understanding some of what we were talking about before we got started with today's recording and you even understanding what impact the DIR fees are going to have to you at the point of sale in January. So, Let's talk about profitability and adherence packaging. Let's talk about you implement it and all of a sudden what happened? You saw a difference in the bottom line.
1: You do. You you see certainly reduction in DR fees once you have your GPO arrangement set up properly. Um, but what you also see is explosive growth in that when you're bringing a couple in per se, that may be in their own apartment or their own type of senior living, you know, you're not just transferring one or two prescriptions and you're usually transferring 10, 20, 30, mm-hmm. because each one is on eight to 10 medications. So we've seen, I mean, at least 10% year over year script count, profitable scripts. Um, matter of fact, we just put the fourth store on. So we feed all four stores into Safe, and last month we did 600 and 45 patients wow. across four stores. It's incredible. So congratulations.
2: Yeah. That's good news. So I I want to kick it back to Margie for just a second and think about the facilities that are managed and the transfer of business. I remember in my long-term care pharmacy technology days, we had some community pharmacies that gradually became long-term or, or they went from community to long-term care. So profitability. How important it is to have a compliance packaging, a sync program, in order to grow um, your pharmacy business.
3: Absolutely essential. Um, one of the requirements to to be a long term care pharmacy is to provide compliance packaging. Um, and now that medical at home or long term care at home is recognized by CMS as Uh, long-term care. Some of the financial benefits to the pharmacy on that, such as DIR protection um, have been huge. I am a firm believer that every independent pharmacy can participate and has medical at-home patients, um, even if you're not in uh, a situation where you can contract with a personal care, assisted living, or skilled nursing facility, um, or other licensed residential care. um, But as I said, it's required to provide it. And and we see the huge improvement in adherence and outcome based on using compliance packaging, uh, such as RX Safe, much faster than the manual process. Although uh, others have said blister cards are still widely used in the facilities. Um, Not so much at home, I think. The the pouch packaging is much preferable um, in that scenario.
2: All right. So I remember when. When I I sold pharmacy software systems and workflow management design and consultancy for about 10, uh, about nine years. And I remember pharmacy owners, uh, when I say pharmacy owners, not only community, but long-term care pharmacy owners. They said, there's two things that I never want to go through because of how um, painful it is. Number one, switching my wholesaler. Number two, switching my pharmacy software system. So which of the two, Angela, are worse, uh, the system or the
0: wholesaler? Well, that's a trick question (laughs) Um, (laughs) because it really there's factors that depend, you know, before you switch wholesalers were you did you know what you actually had on the shelf? Did you have an actual perpetual inventory versus changing a computer system? If you get a good computer system, it's going to be painful for 30 days, but it will go away. So I I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can say which one is worse because it depends on how organized you were before it happened.
2: Okay. There's
0: so many factors there. All
2: right, Eric, I want to know which one's a more pain for you. Uh,
1: I'd change wholesalers like i change underwear.
2: Uh, So you're used to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, your PSAO situation may complicate that. Okay or your private label choice out front, but hands down, I'd hate changing software simply because you've got so many, like in my situation, you know, we went from QS1 to Pioneer years ago and I had so many people, long time QS1 users that man, old dogs, new tricks. Yeah. Um, Your staff. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why I ask this question,
2: I want the listeners to think about this. I want you to think about workflow and how important workflow design is. So, I want to come back. Um, I'll start with you, Eric. When I think of workflow, I remember Visio diagrams. I came from telecommunications. So I would build Visio diagrams of how packets of data went through systems and firewalls. And I turned that into workflow for our long-term care pharmacies. And then I turned that into workflow for community pharmacies. So I loved it. I loved designing workflow. And it looked wonderful on paper. And then sometimes when it hit the real world, Fell apart a little bit, but sometimes you'd you'd straighten up and you'd you'd have people changing things. And so, talk to me about workflow. How long did it take to incorporate the adherence packaging into uh, into Curtis Pharmacy's workflow?
1: So much like Angela said, I mean, compliance packaging was not growth of Sync. Uh, we're very Sync having all of our locations. Uh, yeah. In fact, we designed the location so we you know we have a complete separate counter for Sync and packaging um it just makes managing your daily script count staffing needs everything a lot easier um it's funny because the fourth location we we just purchased used no workflow whatsoever and we turned that on day 1 and it blew everyone's <laughs> mind that you could see at any point in the process where their prescription was so cool. um you know if you're already doing sync it's a very easy step into compliance packaging i think cuz they're already all together, ready to go. Yep. And RxSafe makes a terrific product just to take that information and create the packs.
2: So Angela, what about implementation of a new workflow system that incorporated RxSafe? How long did that take you to get up and going?
0: Um. Maybe, well, and I've done it before, but honestly, it took us less than 30 days to get going. Um, it really, it, it's you have to anticipate what's going to go wrong and you it workflows life if you don't go ahead and anticipate the problems that are going to incur and how you're going to fix that before you roll this product out it's going to be frustrating and knowing verbiage and knowing what to say I, I've I've recreated this program a couple of times you know through my history with just being a pharmacist for thirty years, somebody somebody said the other day that they've been in pharmacy forty four years, and I thought, man, that's a long time. And then I realized that I've been in pharmacy thirty. But you you just, it's just anticipating. It, it it's not bad, but what is overwhelming is when you look back after about three months and your first of the month rush where you're bombarded. When that goes away. Everybody gets on board and wants to offer sync, but it doesn't take that long. It's it's just a good way of doing business um, and filling prescriptions for people and and creating that program and getting it started is not that long. Everybody just needs to be on the same page, and you need to have a workflow for when the problems happen and how to track things.
2: So, Margie, I'm glad that the the owners got to comment on their frustrations and. Invariances, uh not so much uh Mr. Cushy over here. He doesn't he doesn't care, so he'll switch up. But um others have said, hey, it's a pain in the butt to switch and anything really in your business when you have to switch something. I, I hate switching light bulbs if I have to, for goodness sakes, it's frustrating. But tell me, Margie, from your client base, um, how have you helped as a wholesaler to kind of coach in adherence package leveraging, and then workflow management, and also a partnership with uh, with RxSafe?
3: Um, so I, I love the RxSafe uh, technology. As I've said, I've I've known Bill for several years now and um, worked with him and his team. Um, I, I think that, yes, of course, there's some initial training required of how to use it and, and incorporate it into workflow, but the efficiencies and accuracies I've seen are, uh, just beyond measure. Um, I see pharmacies, um, you know, it's really typical to walk into an independent pharmacy and everybody's pulling their ha- hair out. It's, um, you know, things on fire. It's just crazy trying to get things done. And all of a sudden an hour before closing, you're sweeping the floor and, and checking, uh, you know, restocking things um, because um, you've taken so much pressure off. And that, I think, also opens the opportunity to grow your business, that now you have time and capacity to uh, recruit more patients, um, hopefully sync and packaging patients and, and hopefully they're medical at home or something, you know, where you get some uh, DIR protection and other benefits. Uh, even if they're not, um, you develop a reputation for um, the service level you provide. Um, and, and customers will definitely come your way. I'm a big believer in um, uh, operations manuals or guides and I'm not talking about you know two inch thick pieces, but I've worked with a number of pharmacies where we grab screenshots um, as we're training people um, and, and put that together and it's a, a great reference. Um, if uh, someone forgets a step, or if you have new staff to train, um, just making sure everybody understands. And, and I've seen pharmacies where uh, they've actually incorporated, although you're you're using separate filling stations, as um, Eric suggested. You know, your your sink and packaging patients are not on the same counter that your um, acute patients who are waiting for their medications are staying, but um, able to uh, move some of that into workflow as far as um, checking uh, the final product and and the pharmacist signing off on that being good to package. Um, that That doesn't work in every situation, but I've seen pharmacies go from where they had to, at the end of the day, go check 50 boxes or hundreds of blister cards to now yeah, and between somebody's antibiotic and next thing they're, they're checking, um, and, and it just becomes so much more uh, pleasant atmosphere to work in. And we at Value Drug do everything we can to make changing to us for your wholesaler as smooth as possible. We have four pharmacists available as resources, our sales team, our customer service. I'm just going to give a plug that uh, it's not painful. We're very transparent and and so appreciative of all of all our customers members.
2: Thank you. Do yeah, we buy drugs from them? We buy drugs from. You. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> all right. So my favorite aspect of my own business in building a, um, a publication all about the pharmacy profession and amplifying what pharmacists do is the marketing side. I love marketing. Like I can, I could market from sunup to sundown and I'm happy, happy to do it. So when I, when I talked with, um, with the RX safe team and, um, and I learned this is about four or five years ago. That they actually have plans that they test through their pharmacies to make sure that the marketing and messaging is working in order to turn around and not only not only uh, help you pick the right system, implement the system, design some workflow, but now help to market it. Marketing your solution as a community pharmacy owner, even if you buy a new pharmacy software system or whatever you're doing, that is so important because your community has no idea how a pharmacy works. And if you show something that you're doing for them, it gives them another la- layer of feeling like they're being cared cared about. So I'm gonna start with you, Eric, and and basically just get from you, how did you market this to your patients, um, your physician, uh, Senator Stefano, when he came in, um, you know, our legislators have to know that compliance packaging makes a big difference. So talk to us about the marketing side of
1: this. So I mentioned we started our dispill base and transitioned them over to test out the process. But along that same time, not that long after, you know, we started these vaccinations and our staff did an incredible amount of vaccinations. Uh, You know, really, the chains got handed the vaccine early, but the chains didn't know where in the community to go with it. Well, I mean, that's our bread and butter. We know the senior high rises. We know the personal care homes, the group homes and everybody. I mean, our pharmacists, my goodness, climbed into vans to give vaccines if they couldn't move patients out. So we had all these shots that we had given. We had this tremendous database built in of potential customers And it just became a situation where, hey, you trusted us enough to give you your COVID vaccine. Do you know we can offer the service? And that was the other thing that really blew up for us. Because all those little nooks that the big guys didn't want to deal with, uh, I mean, that's a sweet spot for us. So we've attacked that regularly and repeatedly.
2: You know, I think of the word marketing, and to me, especially Think of this, I had I am a non-pharmacist that needed to learn to communicate some of the most intelligent people on the face of the earth, which is all these pharmacists. And I quickly learned that I needed to do it through an educational approach instead of a selling approach or a, or a concept approach. It needed to be backed by, um, as you'll notice on most of our podcasts, I always have some reference material, whether that's a journal article or a white paper or something, so, Angela, when I think of community pharmacy from the outside looking in, people probably oversimplify what's really happening. But how do you market an adherence program to let them know that if you get involved in this, you're gonna feel better, uh, you're going to you know live better. Um, talk to us about your plan through Village and, and how you marketed it.
0: Okay. Um, first of all, we have two stores. It's uh Mizales.com, M-I-Z- E-L-L-E-S.com and Village Pharmacy WF, which is for Wake Forest, Village Pharmacy WF.com. So first of all, we tried to personalize our website. Put a, We are safe, put a video on our website for us that you can click on, people can can watch this great little video um, on our websites. Then we did customized packaging. I know that if you're listening, you can't see the cool packaging that we have, but we customized the RX Safe packaging, not only putting our logo on it, but also adding the services, all the services that we have on different spots on the box so that when the patient took their box to the doctor's office or Somebody else saw our custom boxes, they also saw all the services that we offered besides just the box. Then we had custom, we custom made some flyers I know people can't see this, but one of the great services that we did in the very beginning is that RxSafe has a program that we joined where it would send a text out to customers who had four or more medications who were active in the last, I don't remember if it was six or 12 months, and it would send a picture of a square of the compliance packaging to the patient and say, we are now offering this are you interested? If the patient texted back, um, I set up when the text would come to me and I could answer that text right then and say, hey, this is Angela, you want me to call you? I'd call them and boom, it was done. A big hint that I want to offer um, advice-wise to anybody who's contemplating um, doing compliance packaging is your outcomes patients, and your equip outliers you need them on packaging it it takes care of itself when so almost all of my patients that are on outcomes um, and if you if you haven't looked at your equip outliers you go to equip.org and they will provide you with patients that are not compliant these patients are hurting your scores these are your patients that need to be on this we attack those patients we called them and said i i, I need you to help me um, I've even explained to people what DIR fees are and said, did you know that when you don't fill your medicine by such and such a date that in three months, they're going to take money back from me? And they're like, "What? I don't want you to go out of business. Sometimes you just got to tell people, Hey, this is happening. You can Google DIR fees and it's on the internet. Um, so those are a lot of the things that we did and people really jumped on it. We also did something really simple. We took some little flyers back when the gas prices were so terribly high and it said we can save you gas money. Make one trip to the pharmacy. That and that that went crazy.
2: That is a great idea. Yeah. Talk to me about Eric. Talk to me about so we're we're talking about marketing to our patients which that's the revenue source, but talk to me about marketing Compliance packaging to our physicians and our cord- care coordinators throughout the community, so that they know that this is available.
1: So we make sure all of our local docs are well aware of who we are and what we do. Um, the other big source of referrals for us, quite honestly, are visiting nurses association. Okay. You know, someone gets discharged from a hospital or facility, they have a limited number of visits from those nurses, so they're going to get there, and the nurses don't want to fumble with pill boxes. So we get a lot of referrals. You know, the family member would like this type of service. Visiting nurse calls us, gets us all the orders, and we get them onboarded. So um, that's been a, a a nice spot for us. The other is, you know, every one of these independent living apartment situations has some type of program manager. And she knows that Mrs. Smith in 412 has a hard time taking her medications. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of phone calls about, hey, could, could you help her with her meds?
2: That's something I would have never thought of that management unit at some of the assisted living centers that that's the kind of relationships you want to have an in with because then you become a resource of information because I'm sure imagine those poor people that don't have medical degrees probably they're more it's more of an administrative role. They get a lot of questions from their from their residents. That's excellent. Um Margie, we're going to shift some gears but I I'm going to have you s- you kick off this subject so no pressure, no pressure. Um so for our listeners, uh pharmacy owners out there, people thinking of building um uh, a community pharmacy um, and even acquiring another one. One of the things that we have to think about is the evolution of community pharmacy. This is not going to be the same business 5 years from now. It's going to look completely different. And if you don't have the innovators If you don't have people thinking of the future of what's changing and what must change in order to keep up with it, then you're probably going to go out of business if you don't make some adjustments. So let's talk about, we know adherence packaging and compliance packaging must be part of the solution in the blueprint. But another thing that I'm excited about, because I see aggressive community pharmacies getting involved in this, is medical at home or long-term care pharmacy services at home where we know there aren't enough facilities, there aren't enough nursing homes, there aren't enough assisted living centers for uh, people. We're still in the, we're not, we haven't even gotten to the baby boomers um, uh, pinnacle yet, you know, the top of the mountain. So talk to us, would you please, um, first of all, for listeners and, and for our audience, define medical at home so we understand what we're talking about.
3: The medical home is someone who um, needs help with at least two activities of daily living, or, um, and, and that language probably doesn't mean a lot to our listeners. Typically, that's something like um, getting from a chair. To standing, um, maybe bathing, uh, toileting, et cetera. But um, it now includes things like medication management, um, financial assistance, food access. So I find that a lot of um, older adults um, do ha- need help with that. And it may be a spouse or an adult family, you know, child or a neighbor or something. Um, but these people are, are prime targets for, you um, sync and compliance packaging. Um, And and I find talking to them and their uh, families about um, not just the honesty Angela shared about, I wanna stay in business so I can do this for you, but we do see fewer emergency room visits. We see fewer doctor's visits. Um, Most patients don't enjoy extra ones of those trips. Um, and, And so let's keep you home and healthy Um, As you mentioned, there's nowhere near enough beds in residential care facilities, nor is there much hope that we will meet that demand uh, to handle baby boomers like myself. Um, and, And I can say my kids all live out of town, so they're not here to help me. It, you know, if I were in that situation, um, I would need every assistance I could get. And something like the compliance packaging um, is a huge part of it. And from that, um, sometimes we identify other needs that we can help solve. As you said, pharmacy is not going to look the same. Um, I've shared with some of my friends that uh, I've been a pharmacist for over 35 years. I never had my immunization license, but when the COVID vaccine came out, I saw the, the need for that. Um, And I'm not in a dispensing role anymore, but um, we are going to need automation. We are going to have to rely on technology because there's many more clinical services we have to offer. Um, The medication reconciliation and and reviews and so on that go into keeping people healthy and safe in their homes um, is critical. And pharmacists are the ones who can do that. I also think um, prescribers, practitioners are seeing the value in that. Um, ArcSafe has has assisted some of the pharmacies I work with in um, learning how to market to those folks because if they have hospital readmissions and so on, those providers start to see financial impact. So there's more and more willingness to work with pharmacies um, towards that overall goal of of adherence uh, for
2: medications. Eric, you wanted to to comment and follow up on that.
1: Uh, yeah, just uh, one little footnote. Where we're located, we're pretty rural. We noticed a lot of the smaller mom and pop type personal care homes closed during COVID or struggled and had to close. Um, so there's just that many more people out in the community because if you don't have the money for that assisted living stay, then you've got to figure out some way to help that elderly loved one age it, place, and home. Yep, And it's been a, another... Source of patience for us. You know, another
2: strength of, of being a client and a customer of of Safe is their network. They've put together a network of of partnering organizations that they know when they align the planet, planets align, it literally accelerates um other services that. Uh, That our pharmacy owners are able to offer. Happier at Home is a franchise organization that you can build your own home care agency as a separate entity of your community pharmacy and then work together to deliver additional home care and medical home services. I see that as another future of our community pharmacies to say, hey, um, a lot of my nursing homes are either closing down, they don't have beds, they don't have assisted living. I want to offer this because you'd have more control around the totality of the services that your patients are receiving, that you know who's there, one of your staff members in some way, or a variance of, depending on how you LLC it up or or set it up as another entity. Angela, talk to me about Medical at Home in North Carolina and in your community and how it equals um, better care, but then also um, assures uh, profitability for your pharmacy.
0: Well, medical at home, I'm just getting started with this. And so I've been you know, learning about it over the last couple of months and implement, just starting to implement it. But with medical at home patients, if, and there are certain um, third parties that are growing every day and accepting medical at home billing, but medical at home patients, you, you are not charged a DIR fee at all. Now that is huge. I mean, that makes you go, whoa you know, and you're going to, medical at home is a patient has a caregiver that the patient can't come to get their medicine. We offer delivery, so they get their free delivery. You synchronize it, so you have to, it's just, it brings it all together um, with doing medical at home, because you got to have a program, an established program like compliance packaging and a delivery service because that patient can't come get their medicine on their own. So those are the component to waive those DIR fees. So when you bill it, um, the way we have it set up is that I've, I've actually Pioneer, we have Pioneer and Pioneer's got it coded. So all I have to do is add a category and boom, it bills it for me. I don't even have to do anything besides talk to the patient and verify with them their situation. see it. Now, there's a lot of other benefits like purchasing. Um, You're going to purchase medications through a separate program, too, that are designated for those patients. And you're going to get better pricing from that also. So you're getting it from two different sides. Terrific.
2: So if you are talking with a fellow pharmacy owner, Eric, Um, uh, nearby, across the country, whoever, and they are telling you about their own stresses, probably some of them very similar to you. uh, And they're saying, hey, I'm considering adherence packaging. What as a pharmacy owner to pharmacy owner, uh, cutting through all of the marketing and the messaging, and it comes down to uh, the impact it's going to have on their business. What are you going to tell a pharmacy owner about adherence packaging, compliance packaging?
1: For us, it's a differentiator in the community. Um, you know, I'm not aware of anybody else around us offering that service. Sure, so if you want to go to Amazon, and you know, we we picked ArcSafe as our partner because they provided us the most flexibility, and I felt the quickest to get it in and get it running um, versus some of the other competitors in the marketplace as well. It's a well thought out product.
2: What about you, Angela? Someone wants advice from you, pharmacy owner. They're on the edge of compliance packaging, adherence packaging. What do you tell them?
0: You have no way whatsoever to fight against being a preferred or a non-preferred pharmacy or what Medicare Part D plan will choose you to be. You have no power. The only edge you have against these the larger chain pharmacies um, against your neighbors. The only thing you can have is service, customer service, and providing a service like compliance, packaging, and synchronization. They speak for themselves and your reputation and your relationship, but you don't have any other tools to compete in this world, to offer a better business, to achieve. These are great tools and everybody wins. The customer wins, they're more compliant, they're healthier, and you win. That's all you have.
2: Thank you. Um, Margie, when you're counseling and meeting with you know, clients and pharmacy owners, some of them may not already have this planned out. Um, how are you, what are you sharing with them to let them know that choosing a uh, compliancy packet, compliance, packaging, adherence, packaging, um, RXA, for example, that it's, it's in the best interest of not only their business, but also, um, patient care.
3: Um, I'm happy to talk to them about the improved adherence and how that impacts, um, your equip scores, your outcomes, uh, Opportunities. Um, probably what's been heard the most is when I talk to them about saving DIR fees. Um, and this goes into sometimes people, their eyes bug out, you know, at the thought of a capital investment um, that some automation requires. However, if you think about your DIR fees averaging 10% of your uh, cost of goods for brand name products and look at what you're paying in DIR fees alone, saving that. Um, i venture to guess there's a number of pharmacies that what they save in that in one year would easily pay for the technology. Um, Separate from that, the uh, inventory control and um, the staffing efficiencies that come from it uh, result in more dollars saved um, and the ability to use the time and funds for um, other aspects um, they seem to listen most to the financial impact for the pharmacy right now, um, and, and those seem to be the big targets, along with focusing on the medical at home population.
2: So another facet of the partnership uh, from the RxSafe team, um, where you know you can talk about choosing the right system, the timing, the implementation, the workflow, is how to get the system in place from a financial perspective. I have talked with RX Safe clients who understand the power of leasing, for example, versus you know right out buying and being able to use that as an advantage. Um, Eric, how how did you do? You, know, it's a big it's a big price tag, right? It's not it's it's not a you know it's not like you spent five thousand dollars. It's a it's a heavy duty system that it's expensive. So what did you do? Did you lease the system? Did uh, you? Uh,
1: no, we we borrowed from the bank. Okay, and uh, actually paid it off early. I'm guessing come some of those DIR savings Margie just <laughs> talked about. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that was the approach we took,
2: and all as a write off when it comes to tax time too, from an operational perspective. Very good. Correct. Um, I I enjoy learning from community pharmacy owners. Um, I think of our teams out there that are listening in. I think of uh, the people that have been on the webinar with us. I just want to thank um, Margie and Value Drug for being such a trusted partner. Um, Shout out to Bill Holmes and his team of how consistent they have been over the years with not only delivering solutions for community pharmacy, but pivoting and changing some of their own uh, approaches and business models, including their efforts to get deeper into rare disease state in specialty pharmacy um matt, shout out to matt gilbert um with uh, rx Safe, um met him up at uh, at assembia it was just wonderful working with him angela it's been um an absolute joy to have you on i i want to invite you back to more podcast with us because i have more that we can talk about including my tour to north carolina i want to get down there and see you and then uh Eric you um, have just met somebody that's going to become one of your biggest fans <laughs> I'm going to be in your stores I got to come visit you I want to meet your techs I want to know all about Curtis Pharmacy I want to help strengthen the rest of our nation through stories that community pharmacy owners or that are, are 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 telling those stories but I like your approach from a financial fiscal and in strategy perspective, I think that there's more that we can tell. Shout out to RX Safe. Thank you so much for sponsoring uh, today's webinar. For more information on RX Safe, please go to rxsafe.com. If you have any questions and you want to um, ask questions of Angela, or you want to reach out to uh, Curtis Pharmacy, uh, Eric, you want to talk with Margie, kind of get another perspective. Uh, reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'll get you in touch with these people. These are people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy. Thank you so much, everyone, for participating uh, today. And with that, Thank thank you. Thank you.